how I became friends with gender dysphoria. <laughs> I could just imagine how the younger version of myself would react to a claim like that. It's like, yeah, okay, crazy lady, <laughs> whatever you say, we're becoming friends with the most evil and horrible monster ever. Yeah, that makes total sense. <laughs> and I can't wait to join you in your fantasy land, right? <laughs> but it actually, it's true. It's something that really did happen to me. And in today's conversation, I want to talk a little bit more about that process and explain how it's also something that can happen to you as well. Okay, so gender dysphoria. Ugh, this is like such an intense sensation, right? For me, it feels like the walls are closing in and time is running out and I'm just completely powerless. I'm feeling collapsed, rigid, insecure. And it seems like no matter how much effort I put into my presentation, no matter how much progress I've made along my transition, here I am again, totally consumed by the darkness of my mind. <laughs> but... Here's a question for you. Does it have to be this way? Like, does it have to be so intense and so all-consuming? Are trans people just cursed? Or is it like they say, do we have some terrible mental disorder? Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, if I'm being honest, sometimes it does feel like I have a brain chemistry thing going on. But, I mean, even if that is true, it's not helpful for me to look at my gender situation as a sickness. And so, instead, what I like to do is look at this as a life path or a soul contract, which is leading me in a very specific direction. And it just so happens that for me, and whatever my life purpose is, gender is playing a very important and central role along my life path. So, keeping that in mind, let me ask you another question. When it comes to your gender exploration, when it comes to your life path, how is it that you've come to be where you are? I mean, like you could have gone in any direction, right? Why did you go in this one? Why are you wearing these clothes? Like, why are you using these pronouns? Why does your hair look the way it does? Well, for me, I'm a pretty simple-minded person. And as far as I can tell, I do all of this for no other reason than because it feels good. It just feels right. And sure, I could say... You know, I explore gender because I'm trans and because I want to be free of dysphoria. Or maybe I could say, you know, I do this because it's my God-given right and because gender is a construct and I just refuse to live inside of some box. <laughs> but to me, all of that sounds like a fancy way of saying that, well, I just want to feel good. And so that's the first thing that I would say to anyone who is struggling with dysphoria, recognize that underneath all these ideas and stories and philosophies and underneath all the intense drama and the worries and the fears, 
there's actually a really simple situation going on. It's like, you're just someone who wants to feel good. You know, you want to feel aligned and connected and, and balanced. And that's because all of this just feels good. So really, that's all we're doing here, right? We're just looking for ways to feel good. And it just so happens that for you, for whatever reason, I mean, it literally doesn't matter what the reason is. We could say brain chemistry. We could say it's something to do with nature versus nurture. It's the collapse of society. But I mean, who cares, right? Because all of that is besides the point. And the bottom line is that for you, feeling good is associated with gender. All right, so all of that brings me to my next question. How do you know what feels good? Like, how do you know what your preferences are? How do you know what makes you happy? Well, it's because of the contrast, right? It's because we've got opposites. It's because there's good and bad. There's wanted and unwanted. And they're all working together in order to inform your life experience. Otherwise, that you wouldn't have a reference point and you wouldn't be able to say, okay, right now I'm feeling gender congruence. You know, this is warm and this is happy and this is natural. And it's like the reason I'm able to say that is because I know that I also have this other side of the equation where I have felt the opposite and I felt gender incongruence. And so I know that that's cold and that's sad and that's unnatural or whatever, you know, those two feelings feel like to you. And so really, even though it's tempting to say, oh, you know, I wish I never had to feel dysphoria and I wish I never had to be challenged. I, what we might not realize is that without dysphoria, without this contrast, we wouldn't be able to grow. Like we wouldn't be able to evolve and we sure wouldn't know what kind of life we wanted to create for ourselves. You know, we would just end up being these stagnant, lifeless little blobs that like <laughs> float around doing nothing much of anything. This is all because we wouldn't have the clarifying, motivating, electrifying force that comes from experiencing this contrast. And so that's why, in my opinion, I feel like dysphoria is actually here to help us. And the way it does that is by showing us this path forward. And it's like inviting us out of our comfort zones and it's pushing us to evolve. And when we look at dysphoria from this perspective, where we recognize that without the guidance of darkness, we would never know where to look for the light. Well, now we can truly appreciate the role that dysphoria is playing within this gender exploration. And now we can soften our approach and we can relax into this realization that dysphoria in the truest sense, it's not actually an enemy, but it's a friend. And if we have the courage to look, we might actually see that dysphoria is in service to our goodness. And it's like a guiding light 
which is helping us to find clarity. And even though, yes, it, it does have a very strong feeling tone and its presence is absolutely difficult to tolerate, it really is important for us to recognize that dysphoria is not actually here to hurt us. The only time when it truly, truly does hurt in a way that's like unnecessarily debilitating is when we misinterpret the feeling and we react to it by tensing and fighting back and shutting down and we just sort of collapse into this dark abyss that comes along with these strong bouts of dysphoria. But that's a totally different scenario than if we were to be grounded and quantumous and we just allowed for dysphoria to show up and do its thing. And if we were to engage with it mindfully, just like we would any other strong sensation. So in those moments, we would relax, we would root into the ground, we remain open, and we just witness. We feel, we listen, we acknowledge, but at no point do we leave the safety of our world, which is the truth of our being, in order to live inside of this chaotic nature of dysphoria's world. Because even though, yes, dysphoria is here to help, and yes, it can be considered a wise teacher, it's also just a guest in this house, right? And it's not permanent. It's not this all-powerful force that's in charge of us. You know, it is worthy of our respect and our attention. And that's what I'm trying to uh, elicit in this video. But at the same time, it's not our master. It's just a strong sensation which arises and passes away. Just like every other sensation we've ever experienced. And if we are practicing mindfulness, then we'll be able to recognize that throughout all of this coming and going, well, there we are. And obviously, what I'm talking about here is a highly evolved and mature way of dealing with dysphoria, right? And so it's not like I'm saying, oh, this is how you're supposed to feel tomorrow. No, it's more like instead I'm saying, okay, Here's a goal or a possibility or a reframe that we can gently and slowly work towards uh, incorporating within our gender exploration. And because we understand that this is a lifestyle choice and it's not some standard of perfection, well, now every time we fall down and we collapse, which is going to continue happening for all of us, including myself, well, we just get right back up again and we recommit ourselves to living the kind of life that we feel to be possible. And if a social or medical transition is a part of your gender exploration and it, it's something that helps you deal with dysphoria, then great. Like those things have certainly helped me, but at the same time, they also haven't cured me, if that makes sense. And just to be real, like took a really long time for those kinds of changes to make any substantial impact in my day-to-day -day experience. And so that's why I highly recommend seeing if you can go about renegotiating the terms of your relationship with gender dysphoria. Because 
if it's here and there's nothing that you can do to make it immediately and permanently go away right now, <laughs> then it might be wise to see if you can start befriending this part of your life experience. Otherwise, you're going to be at war with yourself most, if not all of the time. And that is just, you know, that's just not a sustainable or enjoyable way to live. And not only that, but you're going to be missing out on all of the value and the wisdom that this strong sensation is offering you. But again, like I said, this is a process that doesn't happen overnight. So instead, it's just something that you can work towards moment by moment for however long dysphoria happens to be a part of your life. And so for me, this shift in perspective, well, it started simply by being curious. And that's a great, easy place to start. So I just started wondering, you know, is it even possible to feel both balanced and dysphoric at the same time? And then from there, as I had a little bit more opening from that curiosity, I kind of just allowed for life and even for dysphoria to like show me the way, so to speak. And so day by day, I would practice just staying open, staying present, being mindful. I would be feeling and breathing and witnessing. And in general, I sort of just allowed for dysphoria to be a part of my life experience. And then over time, after tons of grief and panic and failure, slowly, I just started feeling more grounded when dysphoria would show up. And I started having a little bit more clarity, a little bit more balance, even when I felt this storm raging within myself. And then eventually, over the years, as I matured, gained some experience, well, that's when I started seeing dysphoria as this wise teacher or at least as a valuable part of my experience that is continually guiding me towards happiness, towards self-compassion and authenticity. All right, my friends, see you in the next one.